Welcome, screensavers. I'm Michael Gallett. I'm Matt Sturdivant. I'm Tyler Sutkus. Together, we host the Silver Screensavers podcast, and it is part two of our Halloween spectacular. In part one, we recap all the first 12 films of the Halloween franchise, and now we are talking about the newest and the 13th Halloween Ends. Halloween Ends takes place four years after Halloween Kills, in which Michael Myers last disappeared from Haddonfield. When this happens, or after this, a local pariah begins dating Laurie Strode's granddaughter, Allison. Their collective rage at their town's resentment and isolation takes a deadly turn when the guy discovers that (gasps) Michael isn't really gone from Haddonfield. (laughs) This is the third film, third Halloween film, directed by David Gordon Green. It was written by Paul Brad Logan, Chris Bernier, Danny McBride, and David Gordon Green. This movie feels like it was written by four people, I, reportedly, again, you never know what to believe, but I read that they had a two-film arc planned, which seems to make sense. Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills, despite their quality difference, seem like they're part of the same thing. This one feels tacked on, but I don't want to jump ahead of myself. Matt, what were your thoughts on Halloween Ends? What I'll say about Halloween Ends, and I'm going to be saying this a lot, I like what it tried to do in many places. It had nuggets all over, little kernels of things that would have been cool had they not been in a Halloween franchise movie Mm -hmm. and or had they been put in a different place in the franchise. Like, I feel like this movie would have worked better at the start of a new series or a new Mm -hmm. trilogy with some minor tweaks it would have worked great or even as like a sub like a spin-off series or whatever but the problem is they market first of all the marketing was just absolutely misleading for this movie a24 level (laughs) worse than a24 (laughs) level like they marketed this as the big final showdown of michael and laurie and there's not enough of that is what I'll say. I'm not going to say when or how much of it there is. I'm just going to say there's not enough mm. to keep it from spoilers. Um, there's not enough. All things considered, it's still not the worst of all the sequels, in my opinion, because I was at least entertained while I was watching it, and it did keep my attention, but mm. not in the ways that they probably intended It was more of, like, being, I was was more interested in just how absurd it would get, rather than anything to do with the actual story. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's both super absurd and, like, super restrained at the same time. It's very odd. Uh, Tyler, what did you think? So I know we're not supposed to swear on this podcast, we keep it light, but I have to say that this movie was dog shit. I hated this movie. (laughs) I could not stand this movie. I was bored throughout this entire movie, and I just wanted Halloween to end. (laughs) There you go. Oh. (laughs) Hot take right there, hot take. It's such an odd way to conclude a trilogy, because like you said, Matt, they set up the the big showdown between... um, Laurie and Michael, that was all the marketing, and that was what this trilogy had set up to begin with. Like, that was the whole thing. And it's such a bizarre choice to take Laurie, who got attacked 40 years ago, and hunkered down in this fortress and practiced with guns to take on Michael. Just in four years since Michael killed his, her daughter and disappeared, she's just like, okay, I'll be a suburban housewife now. Like, it, it made no sense. None of the characters make sense for this trilogy. Allison goes through the exact same arc she went through in the original Halloween 2018, the mm-hmm. start of this trilogy. There was no reason for her to revert back to how she was in that. I don't understand it. The whole Corey character was awful. I hated Corey. No more Corey Cunningham. Stop focusing on Corey. And the whole movie just focused on him. I did not want him. It was so annoying. I hated his character. And just, this movie felt weird and like that like every kill was like cut away or like 
off screen and then all of a sudden they just showed like a really gory kill and i'm like that's what what is going on here mm-hmm. but like just i hated everything about this movie i did not like anything here i i'm with both of you guys i like the swings that they took they're trying to tell the story about somebody who has been slowly pushed into evil by hatred right this whole series you know these three movies has been very big on like evil is not a person evil runs in and out of different people and like that's a cool theme and i you know i totally dig that it it is not executed it well the story of Corey and allison is an interesting movie that should not be within a halloween movie it should be a completely separate thing and matt like you said even if they were gonna do this kind of movie it would have been cool not as the conclusion to this trilogy. Whereas, like I said, the first two films were like so... Co- like they, they take place on the same night. And then this one is just like way far out in left field. But because it's a Halloween movie, it has to shoehorn in Michael and Laurie's story. So like the two narratives try to coexist, but they just end up limiting each other. Like Michael, they're just like, oh yeah, and there's Michael. Like, that's what this movie feels like. Oh, yeah, and there's the most famous killer ever. It, it's not part of the same sequence. As a Hall, Halloween movie, one within this world, I found it, like, ridiculously unsuccessful. I think this is one of the... I don't think it's the worst Halloween movie that's been made. I think it's one of the worst as a Halloween movie, mm-hmm. if that makes... Because it just doesn't feel like I that agree. at all. It's so tonally inconsistent. The writing is really bad. Horrible. It's, it's way overdone in some places. It's underdone in other places. It's not one ounce of scary. It doesn't. It just does not make sense. It, it felt like, like a rom com at one point, to be honest. Well, like <laughs> you mean the grocery store? Yes, that that? exactly. Oh God, that was so bad. And again, that would have been cool. That would have been interesting, maybe in like a different movie. But yeah, absolutely. Like, and like you said, this just goes to my point about I've, I've not loved what what David Gordon Green and his team have done with with Laurie Strode. I just it's like from one extreme to the other. It was all trauma, 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 trauma. Now it's like, oh, making peace, feeling your feelings, you know, this. And, like, I understand the transformation. Like, I'm okay with the journey, but there was didn't seem to be much of a journey. It's just, like, it's more like a switch. Like, pure hatred <laughs> yes. to, okay, I'm, you know, everything's good now. Uh, Andy Matichek as Allison... Just they just did her wrong. They just gave her this just a bad character to play. Same, I think that Rowan Campbell as Corey Cunningham is just not very good. I don't think it's his fault. I think the movie surrounding these people is just really bad. Shout out again to all the people who love both Halloween and the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because we have Kyle Richards coming back as Lindsay. Love it. So anybody who's a specific part of that, I love you from the bottom of my heart. And just plays the dumbest, most unneeded character in this. Like, there's no reason for her to be in this. She has one line that I'll discuss later that I just thought was, I just like, who wrote that and thought that that was okay? Haddonfield, it feels like there is no one in this town. Like, there's no people here. Especially because Halloween Kills was all about, like, the town coming together, and then they just, like, it's barren. There's, like, three yeah. people living in this well, town. that's because the whole town got killed in Halloween Kills. <laughs> did you not see the end of it? <laughs> Evil they died did. tonight. Or so, that night. And you know what? Now that I'm thinking... I'm sorry. Can I go back to Halloween Kills for a second? <laughs> okay, go ahead. What if Eve, the evil that died that night was the people in the mob mentality? You're going, you you put more thought into this than, than it feels like they did. Yes. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be insulting, but like, uh, oh my lord. I I don't know if you guys noticed, on, <clears throat> on the bridge, when Corey's riding his bike, there is graffiti that says, love lives today. No, <laughs> I missed that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's there. This movie doesn't yes. have anything to do with Halloween at all, except like the dance that they go to. There is nothing. This movie is not 
Halloween, except for like the one dance that they go to. There's nothing Halloween. There's nothing Halloween. <laughs> like it just feels like, oh, it's Halloween because Michael has to come back on Halloween, but it's like Halloween doesn't even exist here. I, the, did they ban Halloween, or was that the different continuity? I don't think they banned it in this one, unless I'm wrong. Unless the DJ who spoke over this whole movie was going on about that, which he might have been. One cool callback I did notice, and this is the dumbest thing, is that the Haddonfield Memorial Hospital had the exact same logo as Halloween 2. Oh, look at that. Well, that changed my whole opinion. <laughs> no, that's that's cool. Yeah, I and yeah, like I said... They're trying to, like, speak about evil in this movie and about how it's not couched in one entity, but it can be unlocked in different people. Okay, that's what I have to say about that. Okay, like, this could have been much stronger in a stronger movie. I'm going to drop the spoiler warning here. We're not going to talk about the end right away or anything like that, but the beginning scene is was a big surprise to me, but it's, like, foundational to the movie, so I just want to, for anybody who doesn't want to know, here's the spoiler warning. <laughs> well, I'm gonna yeah, die someday okay. anyway, right? What? Honey! Wow! Are oh, you no. kidding really? me? You just ruin it oh, every oh. time! Oh. I'll see you at home. Well, wait so a second. Rude. Now, how would you not know that that was taking place? But it starts, we get Corey. Corey Cunningham, and he is. 21 years old at the time of babysitting correct yes he says that in a weirdly like expositional line of i'm not scared i'm 21 years old like yeah but but then okay can we talk about that for a second though because it's okay he's 21 years old but why is his mom treating him like he's a teenager throughout the rest of the movie why are they hiring a 21 year old man to watch their son because he used to mow their lawn right but apparently he did a crappy job He's like, oh, dad's like, I hope he's better at child care than he is at lawn care. I think that was just a joke. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I just, I don't really get that. Like there were, but whatever. Okay, that's fine. I did think like the, the shot of the stairs and like how high and winding they were was pretty good. How tall was this building? That's what I wanted to know. Oh yeah, that's true. That was like six floors. <laughs> So they're watching a scary movie. Corey wants to play hide and seek. Let's keep this in mind. This is taking place in a world where the actual Michael Myers killed a bunch of people and then got away. So this is a crazed man who we know likes to come to this town that they're in. And we know that he escaped. And we know that a a crowd of people beat the living crap out of him. And he just rose up. And walked away. And he's like, let's play hide and seek. What are you doing, Corey? And then he goes, I'm not a babysitter. You are a babysitter because you're babysitting. That's what babysitters do is they babysit. What is he, Tyler? Yeah, what kind of babysitter is he? He's an ugly-ass boy babysitter. (laughs) Yeah. And he gets, like, so offended. He's like, screw you, man. You're going to bed. (laughs) You know, <laughs> so so when he goes hide and seek, why does he take the bread knife? <laughs> That's a good question. So Michael doesn't have anything to use or something. I don't know. No, the kid. The kid took the bread knife. Oh, he did. He's gonna lock him. Oh, in the that's, right, that's right. Why did he take the bread knife? Yeah. Also, we get that little hint right in the beginning of Michael doesn't kill kids. And it's like, oh, okay, this this kid is probably not making it. I was expecting Michael to come up. Instead, we get uh, the boy locking Corey in, like, this upper floor room. And Corey kicks the door open, knocks the kid in the face. He falls down nine flights of stairs, but, like, not even down the stairs, like, the middle open space of the stairs. As his parents walk in the As his, And that is the first of two mega conveniently timed kill situations <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> and, of course, he's holding the knife and they're like, oh, he, he just definitely killed our son. And that's the beginning. How did you guys feel when this happened? I was laughing. Yeah, when that kid hit the ground and, like, bounced. I don't know if that was an editing mistake or if the kid was supposed to bounce. 
But, like, he clearly, like, hit the floor and then was up in the air and then back on the floor. And I was like, what is that? Like, he just uh, invalidated all the emotion behind the scene. My first thought was, oh, so this is how it's going to be. Yeah. It it was a big swing. Big swing. I, the opening credits come up and, first of all, did not like this, like, slanted blue font that they were using throughout this movie. So, a fun fact. I saw this on Twitter. They he, they use the exact same font for Halloween one, Halloween two, and now this one uses the season of the witch font. I, oh. Yeah, I thought it looked like the season of the witch font. Yeah, not a fan of it. And they should have had the little kid with like one of the silver shamrock masks. Yeah, he should have wanted to watch the Power Hour. And another <laughs> random fact: each installment of this trilogy came out exactly forty years between the first three Halloween uh, after the first three oh, Halloweens. That is interesting, and they follow the same. The same trajectory of quality. That is true. That's uh, for sure. I'm, I'm gonna disagree. Uh, we hashed that out on the other episode. I, my first thought after this was Corey should move away. He should yeah. go anywhere else. <laughs> he should. Well, he wanted to, but then Lori had to go and interfere. Well, he had time. He had some time to move away. He did not. There is like terrible narration in this. Haddonfield has been consumed by evil and people are being killed because they're scared. Yeah, what? Like, what are you talking about? And then it's it's like an idyllic community. Yeah, somebody's driving late at night, a squirrel runs runs past the headlights, it's Michael Myers! Ah! (laughs) They run into a tree. (laughs) I didn't get that at all. Laurie is writing a book. The book is not good. Like, I, I felt like some of the things that they were saying about this and that and recovery and evil, I'm like, these are okay. It's just couched in a movie that's that's not successful at all. Laurie is moved back. We get, like, the classic slasher thing where we just see a bunch of previous scenes of the other movies. And I'm like, I mean, okay, I already watched these, but all right. I thought it was really weird when the woman was like, you are the reason my sister's, like, injured. Like, oh, right. What, <laughs> yeah, what are you that... talking about? Like... Not sure that's how that works. <laughs> you aggro, you made him, is it, like, it's a little victim blaming. You yeah, made that killer he, mad. He came and just started killing people. <laughs> is that her fault? Yeah. So then we have Allison. Allison is a lonely young woman. Um... <laughs> So let's let's take this in two parts. We have Allison. She she has lost her mother to Michael. She has been terrorized by Michael. The town views her as like an outsider, for lack of a better term, because she is she's the Strode and she's survived Michael. Then we have Corey, who people think that he killed a child, even though we know it's an accident. He is harassed by these high schoolers, which leads him to hurting his hand. Which leads him to, Lori brings him to a clinic, not to get his hand fixed, but so that he can meet Allison. Yes, am I getting this right so far? Can I just interject real quick? Please do. Why were the high schoolers made like band kids? One of the kids like (laughs) threateningly twirling around a drumstick? Like, what was that? What a weird choice. They're punk rockers, (laughs) man. Evidently the band kids were mean to David Gordon Green in his youth. (laughs) Apparently, yeah, he wasn't allowed in band. They know how to mosh, man. <laughs> they could beat this guy up. Uh, so, I, and she is smitten with him from minute one. Minute one, she's like, so before she's like, oh, I'm not going to this costume party. I don't have anybody to go with. And then it's like, oh, I love this guy. I, I, he, he's not going to say no to a date with me. I'm How getting she him get to go number? on a date. <laughs> I don't I guess she could ask around. Well, I don't also, know who else would have she, his number. She must have gotten over Cameron pretty quickly. I mean, yeah, four years went by, but still, she watched him and his dad get brutally murdered in the last one. Cameron was a tool, so... I mean, he was, but he didn't deserve that. No, he didn't deserve it, but he was a tool. Uh, Later we learn it's because she's an outsider because of surviving Michael, so he, as this town pariah, is one of the only ones who can understand her plight. Okay... In another movie, this would have made sense and could have actually been good. Didn't work for me here. I agree. That was one of the many things where I'm saying this. Even if this had been like the beginning of a new trilogy or even just like a spinoff storyline, 
cool awesome yeah. you know because then because you know it toys with the idea of like this new generation of halloween mm-hmm. but then it doesn't actually go there yeah well we have the goofiest thing of this Lori set them up and then like 10 minutes later she's like oh my god he's got michael's eyes you can't see him well because he didn't get michael's eyes until after that yeah but what that's so stupid that was the dumbest thing the reason that she sets them up, and I'm going to say the F word here. Here's the quote. Allison's a lonely young woman, and Lori says, You have to find somebody who makes you want to rip your shirt off and show grief your fucking tits and say, You know what? Let's go! With double middle fingers. I, you know what, is, I, I, I repressed that line from my memory, I have to say. Which, so thank like, you for bringing that back up. Why did this team of writers write this? Also, is let's 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 imagine that we are grief as a person. Are we gonna go titties? Ew! Oh God, no! Titties are my kryptonite. Like, I, I don't get that at all. Like, why did you make her say that? I I don't get this. But I'll and move then why on is she throwing that. the pumpkin on the ground? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of throwing because in the next scene. We get Will Patton as as Frank Hawkins. There's zero point in him being in the movie at all. That was awful. And then when he gets the meat from the butcher, he's just like, all right. And he throws it into his, it's like a nine pound pack of meat. He's like, all right. He throws it in. And then they just have the most mediocre conversation I've heard in my life. Well, the butcher is just weird too. It's like, ah, I got a big hunk of meat for yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> he throws it on. It was Chris Pratt as Mario as the butcher. <laughs> I they like set up this little rope like have a dinner scene with them later. Like have something instead he's just like, "Oh, I'm learning Japanese. Isn't that funny?" No, it's not funny. It's not entertaining. I don't I thought the dumbest part of that scene when she's like, "I like seeing your face. I like your face." Or I like seeing your face. Or I like seeing yeah. your your I'm yeah. like, "Oh my god, shut up." <laughs> And they just have that, that one quick cutaway to the cashier being like, Ooh. <laughs> uh, I, I Again, would have been great in a different context. I, thought it was, I mean, I just, if it was like a, maybe not great. It would have been, it would have been fine in another context. It would have been fine if it was just a completely different movie. Is yes. everything about this? So we. Get... I feel like David Gordon Green had like an old rom com script that had to be used up for some reason, so he threw some of that in there. Well, that script should never see the light of day. I'm not a fan of that. Um, the club scene. So <laughs> this is the Lindsay quote. So we have Allison. We have her nurse friend, who's like kind of annoying, and then we have Lindsay, who is bartending, and the friend is like. Oh, Allison, you like Corey? He's like a child killer. And Lindsay does not say... Well, here's what she says. She says, Allison, you can be with whoever you want. She doesn't say, oh, it was an accident. It was a tragic mishap. She's yeah. like, you can be with a child killer if yeah, you want. You, it's yeah, fine. You can date a child killer. It's, <laughs> it's, it's all it. good. Not like, oh, Corey, he's a misunderstood... But like, nah, it doesn't matter what he's done. It's matter where he's going. And he's going to engineering school. So this just randomly popped into my head because I forgot he existed. Who? What was the point of Doug? <laughs> to say who's Doug again? The, the cop that she dated, even though he's like eighty. Also, like oh, the, I thought yeah, he was just the, like creepily hitting on her, and apparently they're yeah. dating. <laughs> they were yeah, dating. I, I was, I was very. The ages in this movie were just so off because like <laughs> Corey is supposedly like twenty four during most of it, but his mom treats him like he's a teenager. There was also some Oedipal and stuff. Then, the cop was like forty, and he's hitting on this teen, this like twenty-something-year-old. Didn't we have this discussion when we talked about Unhinged, where like everybody is just such a miscast age? I yes. Think, yeah. Um, so we get the club scene. Corey runs into the mother of the child that that died under his watch, and he gets mad at Allison. 
I don't like I understand he's frustrated. Why is he blaming her? Why'd you bring me outside? I've never left the house before. <laughs> like no what, what also this is a tiny community of apparently like six people. You didn't run into this mom in those four years since No, because he was inside. He didn't go outside. <laughs> he was inside with his mom. His mom was very much like Dirk Diggler's mom in Boogie Nights. Uh, I don't. They had like a weird mouth kiss later in the movie. Yeah, that was not explored. After she slapped him. Out. Yeah, I, so weird. Um, so then Corey is thrown. He gets beat up by the band members. He's thrown over the bridge and gets dragged into a tunnel. And then, could one of you please explain what you saw in that scene? Because I had to watch it a couple of times. I don't know. It was so dark. I could hardly see anything. When he's in the tunnel? Yeah. He, like, saw Michael, and Michael, like, strangled him. I was like, ah, he's evil, too. Never mind. And I'm like, what? What? Since when does Michael get what? Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) So, I... Yeah. I don't get... So, Michael dragged him into the tunnel, yes? Yeah. So, why did he wake up by himself? Why is Michael like, oh, this... He seems like a protege that I could have. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't get that. really know at all. And then the guy's like, he drags people in there and you're the first to come out. So he's just doing this to everyone and like, ah, you're not good enough. Like, Wait, I, didn't, I, I didn't understand it all. And why is he like on the other side of a wall choking him? <laughs> <laughs> no idea. But also, so this, we saw Michael at the end of Halloween Kills stand up after being shot repeatedly and stabbed and take out... Like, 12 townspeople with no problem. Yeah. And then go and kill Lori's daughter. Mm-hmm. Now he's decrepit and, like, living in a sewer for some reason. And I saw something on Twitter that's like... Because I was looking up just, like, what people thought. And someone's like, oh, it makes sense because, you know, after he gets his first kill, he gets his strength back. But he's been dragging people into the sewers. So he right. has strength. He's been killing people. Because the, yeah. the, the homeless guy who now... these The homeless archetype of horror movies is now just the exposition guy who happens to know the inner workings of the killer michael hasn't been out here in 15 years oh Oh, yeah go listen to our barbarian episode speaking of barbarian one of the other halloween sequels i'm pretty sure had a barbarian style basement in it i can't remember oh. which one it was i want to say it was resurrection but i'm not sure it was um i think it was resurrection curse, i think the curse of michael myers does too because that guy is killed by being shocked by michael um oh right yeah so I, for whatever reason michael sees evil in Corey's eyes and like they silently agree to... so michael like reads his thoughts is that what I, happened? I, I like it I'm... flashes back through the like the scene. He's like, "Oh, he kicked a kid off some stairs. <laughs> he must be the next me." <laughs> Michael learned how to drive a car, even though he had been in an asylum for fifteen years. So he's oh, got so some maybe skills. he maybe he touched someone and learned their learned their memories of driving. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, here's my pitch: if this whole thing had happened again toward the beginning of a new like arc like a new series you know you kind of start and you know you have your michael and laurie thing and end this movie and then you start a new one where this guy stumbling upon michael in this lair or whatever and sending him on his little quest we'll call it that would have been much better mm-hmm. i think that could have worked i agree you completely know? of course that's not what happens because this is no. the end cap of a trilogy but i'm just saying it, it just i i i don't i'll give him a solid c for effort i, I can't do it, it this no, was so bad he's way too generous so he goes out the homeless guy tries to kill cory cory's like nah he kills the com- the homeless guy and then he goes to the strode residence he asked to talk to allison in like a grocery store parking lot he's like i killed somebody and she doesn't, like, I don't, she's like, I gotta hold this mofo's hand. That's, that's my response to this. Yeah, no, no other reaction than that. Yeah, like, also she brings him, she, he brings her to the house. Like, almost like his saying, I killed someone was talking about the kid, which she knew about. So, like, what was she, what was going through her mind? 
Like, because she either says, like, yeah, I know, that's, like, your, your whole shtick. Or, like, that's, what are you talking about? That's your whole shtick. That's your shtick. Yeah, you're the kid killer. Yeah, I know. That's... They, hey, she can they, be with whoever she wants. Yeah, I was about to say, don't worry, Lindsay said it was okay. If they had said that in the script, that would have been hilarious. But, like, yeah, like, I, I mean, like, she must have thought he was talking about the kid, which makes no sense for him to say it like that. Yeah. But it also just makes no sense to bring it up and then just be like, okay, let me bring you to this house where I killed the kid. <laughs> Which just like went vacant after the kid died, apparently. Like, they just didn't bother to sell. This house has 17 floors and like, no one will buy this. Now Let's tell me, did they, did they ever go back to the Myers house in this movie? I don't think they did. It was demolished. They said that in the beginning. Oh, oh they did. Yeah. They, they randomly just like a news footage thing says like the Myers house was demolished. There's also still a giant blood stain where the kid landed. That's what I'm like, saying. Like you didn't even try to like renovate yeah. this house. You're like nope, a kid died. No one wants it. Yeah. <laughs> they seem to make, I thought they were making a silent pack because he's like, we're going to burn it all down. And she's like, yeah. And I thought that meant, but like then she's not in on the killings. No, I do, I don't understand what burn it all down meant. It just they were trying for like, uh, you know, this Badlands style, like young people who are tearing up the town. I I just I don't really get it at all. Um, so he leads. Well, also again, my question of why don't they just move away? Allison says all my memories are here. I get it to a point, but one, your memories are in your mind. That's where memories are. And two, I, like, what is there for you? Yeah, like, your memories include, like, being chased by a serial yeah. murderer that murdered both your parents. But, like, also just her whole arc in this of being like, Lori, you suck, you don't, like, you're crazy. My parents died because of you. Which is weird to say. Like, she... Pre- yeah. She protected you for, but you've also seen Michael Myers. So why do you think it's weird that she is thinking about Michael Myers? You saw him kill your father. She killed your mother. Like what? He killed your mother. Why are you acting like Lori's crazy for being like, oh, you know, there's bad people in this world. (laughs) Hey, she chopped off her hair one day and then she had to have someone fix it. So there you go. Uh, Corey leads Doug, Doug Mullaney to the tunnel Michael can't get the job done. I and again, I just like what what does Michael want? Does he just well, want to keep killing Michael people? Michael is, you know, he is of a certain age. I mean, it's, I I hear it's hard to get the job done at that age, so I was going to make an impotence joke, but then I didn't, so thank you for picking up that <laughs> slack. I just I He's just like, all right, just bring me some people. To-. Like, it's like Little Shop of Horrors. Corey is, like, feeding Michael people. It's- yeah, it's it's insanely stupid. And he's, like, holding holding Doug so that Michael can finish the job. And But then, like, Michael can go to the doctor's house to yeah, kill him and the nurse. Yeah, I saying that at all. <laughs> so, so Michael can stab people all the way through with a kitchen knife. Again. And pin them to walls. Pin them to walls. But he loves when he stab, but he over. but he has enough control not to stab all the way through the cop. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Doesn't he do it with a shotgun? In yes, the fourth he's in, movie. In the fourth movie, he takes a shotgun and impales a woman into the wall with it. But like through the stomach. Yeah. <laughs> I always found that kind of strange. That's why uh, it was dumb when they're like, Michael doesn't use guns. Actually, he does just. Oh, that's shoot true. I I stand corrected. Uh, Willie the kid. It is does he DJ twenty four hours a day? Yeah, he just lives there. Like on the, I was wondering about that too. Like, why is he there at night? Uh, I, a character they just threw in so that Corey could bash his head in, and then cut off his tongue so that it could spin on a record. Well, I thought what, that was pretty gnarly. I thought that was interesting. It was enough. gnarly, and it was like the only graphic kill. Yeah. yeah. Like, the rest are either cut away or, like, there's one scene where he, like, smashes someone's head and it literally cuts as soon as he, like, smashes her head. Yeah. Which, that scene, can we talk about that scene? Yes. So, he takes on the band nerds. Yeah. In the, 
in, in his stepfather's... Step great. That's such a weird setup. So he goes to kill a bunch of band nerds. Yeah, he, like, writes Psycho on their car, so they chase him to, the, to his stepfather's, like car lot i don't really know what it yeah. is like junkyard like junkyard yeah and then he, <laughs> so he he sets it up so stupidly what is the first kill is it the truck oh no he he sticks drumsticks in the dude's eye in, yeah in mr drumstick twirler's eye that and then you got the guy bad. being like oh my god he's dead and yeah then, that was bad so, so he runs to the stepfather, who his immediate reaction is, oh my god, this stranger is yelling about something, let me give him a loaded rifle. <laughs> Here you go, it's loaded. Goes out. Then Margot, I think her name is, gets run over by the truck. Yeah, which She's... she was the only one sticking up for him, so I don't yeah. know why she got well, the Well, that's because, that is because there's, in those groups, there always has to be one girl who's like, Stop it. You're going yeah, too far. <laughs> yeah. So then he beats the other girl with a wrench. And then this sets up the stupidest line for me in this movie. And I was just like, it threw me off so much. So this guy with the rifle shoots the stepfather in the head by accident because he steps in front of Corey. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, wait. Oh. And then he goes over to Margot and he's like, where is... Stella or whatever, and she's like, she's dead, or, no, yep. he says she's dead, and she goes, so are you, instead of being like, he's behind you, yeah. she I, goes, I, so are you. I wrote that one down, because I agree, that was so weird. That was it was such so a, Like, why would you say that to your friend? <laughs> and he's about to die. <laughs> why, hey. why would anybody say that? Yeah, like, what <laughs> He wasn't dead. He had a gun at that point. I'm like, he's behind you. You have a gun. You save yourself. No. So are you. <laughs> How does he kill him? I forget. He takes the he gun takes away. He takes a blowtorch. Oh, yeah. And he puts the blow... Yeah, he whacks him with the gun and then blowtorches his face. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Wow. That is the dumbest scene. Because, like, why would you say that to your friend? So are you. <laughs> She just wanted not, to have a not, cool line before she died. Not look out or he's behind you. Yeah. Uh, kills had the best kills of this trilogy. I, I agree. All One of them considered. wasn't even a kill. She, she survived, we find. True. The light the light bulb through the neck. Yeah. She's... Oh, yeah, And that's true. don't forget they had to bring back the little kid from 2018 also. Which little kid? Julian. The one that... The, they were babysitting in the 2018. Who is he now? He, was, he no, he was in that same. He was in the shot with like all the people. Oh, I you looked at this much yeah, more closely I than I did. Uh, well, because I watched, Julian. I didn't. I rewatched 2018 and kills like the. Day I did notice I the this, person so. that hanged themselves in the beginning was the mom of that kid that got killed, and I forget if it's kills or Oscar. <laughs> yeah, it was 2018. On oh, 2018, yeah. Yeah, because I oh god, when she found found him in the hospital, she's like ah. Yeah, that's that's that was it. She found him. I, really, I didn't I didn't catch that. Yep, I noticed that. That was my one throwback. I remember. We get Corey getting pissed at Michael. He's like, "You're just an old man behind a mask." So he steals his mask. <laughs> uh, that's right before he kills the the band members. Here, here was this I found odd. Maybe this explained it before, and I don't remember. Allison has Lori in her phone as Lori and not Grandma. I was wondering that too. That was odd. Well, they were estranged. Yeah, so... they were. Yeah, and then they I... estranged him again just because they couldn't cut, think of a better character arc for than repeating the 2018 character arc. I get it. I just like it was fine, and then. Lori has the showdown with Corey. That was the... What? Like, did you really think I'd kill myself? What? <laughs> so he... Yeah. He kills himself by stabbing himself in the neck. But he doesn't really die. And then we get the second most conveniently timed... Allison walks in as Lori has the knife and Corey's laying down bloody. She's like, you killed him! And then and there's she... no consequence to this. Yes, there is not. Except that Michael comes to the house to get Lori, but he kills 
Corey first for some reason. Yeah, I don't really understand what Michael's intentions were here. Doesn't he not give a shit about Lori? Like, that was set up in the last movie. So, why is he there? I don't, I don't know. I was waiting for her to kiss him on the mouth again. Yeah. Because when... Uh, well, I'm going to get into that. But, so... Lori's fighting Michael. The fight's okay. I liked it. Um, meanwhile, Allison was upset but then she shows grief her tits uh <laughs> yeah grief. like why is he what a weird arc of being like oh my god my grandmother killed my boyfriend to be like oh never mind i'm gonna yeah. go save her grief goes oh titty and then allison comes back she helps out her grandmother they stab michael's limbs into the table slit his throat slit his wrists and anything else in the house am i forgetting don't forget something? the hand don't forget the hand splitting Oh yeah. Like, yeah, he did they pull his hand the hand. Like yeah. in men. He pulled his hand out. And in uh, Terrifier 2 has a kill like that too. Oh, like interesting. A, a hand injury like that. So yeah. a lot of hand splitting this year. Yeah. Um. Um. What I want to say about the whole Michael Laurie confrontation now that we're at that point. I feel like if they had front loaded that whole confrontation and then did all, did all the Corey stuff. It would have been a little bit better with some major tweaking in between. Yeah. You think if they killed off Michael in the beginning, it would have been better to then focus on Corey? Well, in a way that, like, still ha- you would still have to have Michael kind of transferring his his influence onto Corey and Corey sort of taking uh, up the mantle you're... and going into a whole, like, evil is a... Is <laughs> yeah, a I don't know about that. I, you're getting it's into a force rather than a than a person. You're getting into you get what I'm saying. Jason goes to hell territory. I I get it. I just like once Michael's gone, I'm just like okay. Yeah, so he would have the he would take the mask and everything, and just it just wouldn't be Michael Myers under the mask. That would be the the twist, and then it would be setting up the new generation. That would just be Ghostface, though. I mean, yeah, but still, I mean. He, I'm not. I think that would have been cooler than what we got. Yeah, I don't. Less misleading. I don't disagree with you. I just like. I don't know that. That I think that we'll see. I I thought this last scene was okay. Yeah, Michael crowd surfs. They take him to the junkyard. Stupid as hell. Like, why the the town's just like, oh, he's okay. Let's go see him. Like that. We just everyone's tweeting about Michael being disposed of. Let's go see him. We can crowd surf him into a compact. Yeah. <laughs> and the, I will say there was some pretty bad CGI with the whole him getting shredded thing. It was terrible. That was pretty bad. I was fine with it. It was okay. <laughs> I I will say I'm happy with this movie for the fact that it does not have an ending where it's like we see a hand come up out of that of the out of the shredder. <laughs> Michael lives. So I'm glad we didn't get that. I thought he was gonna grab Lori as he was being oh, kicked in. Oh yeah, I thought that's what was gonna happen. But again, if they had set up the Corey stuff as more of like a passing of the torch deal, then like the, it, it would have been. I thought it would have been. They could easily milk it for more money. Not that I necessarily think that's a great thing, but I shouldn't say milk it for money. They could have done more with the story to pro- prolong it or to. Yeah, I know what continue you mean. It. Yeah, I don't know if they need to continue it. As it's, I mean, as it stands, you know, you, you know, you would have to do a lot of tweaking along with transposing the elements. But I mean, the next movie would be Corey looking around Haddonfield for people to kill, but it has a population of one at the moment. <laughs> so he's like, "Oh, where is everybody?" <laughs> it's. It, I just want to bring up a line that I hated. And that was when Laurie's like, he's dead. And Allison's like, not dead enough. And I'm like, what? <laughs> well, I, that, I guess that does make sense. With it makes Michael's... sense, but it just sounded stupid as hell. It should have been like, he's dead. And then she should have been like, so are you. And then he yeah. comes up behind her again. <laughs> yeah, so are you. <laughs> he's just got the knife <laughs> Look, as much as I'm trying to like salvage what what this movie is for my i think it's a coping mechanism for me personally um 
it's not it's it's not flawless. <laughs> that, wow! Wow! You said it. It's not flawless. It's not flawless. <laughs> that is the most generous thing you could say about this film. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, I, I didn't like hate my watching experience. I no. did. <laughs> it was just like, oh, this is just unbelievably bad. This was the worst two hours of my life. I think it's you get an hour in and you see Michael finally like kill someone. Yeah, it, like, I, I was ti- I timed it. I, I checked it. It was like an hour. Yeah. yeah. And like you see him like once before that. So you're almost an hour in and it's just an angsty teen romance. Yeah. And it's awful. So what was that you were saying about um <laughs> about ha- Halloween 3 the people sitting there and waiting for Michael to show up and then he never does? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I know firsthand what that's like. Yeah. That is the experience of watching this movie. And then we end with Lori finishing her book. And it. No, thank you on that book. Uh, and that's it. Now you get, the, you get the touching scene between her and Will Patton where he's just like, oh, you were talking about cherry blossoms? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember you said you liked my face? Yeah, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> Yes. You know what would have Changed been great? My mind about your face. You know what would have been great if he was like, "You want to go for a drink?" And she's like, "Nah." And he's like, nah, "Yeah, nah, I don't want to go either." That's for that's for the five people who saw the three five five. Three five five. That's how much money it made. Lori, Lori, as as she's about to push Michael into the into the compactor. She's just like, we got a new name. We're the three five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody. Why are you showing Michael your tits right now? <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. I can't cut over the line. I wish. Yeah, I wish instead of pushing him into the combat, she's like, I gotta be sure. <laughs> he pulls her as he's pulling her mask. <laughs> <laughs> or it's 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 a redo of the same character who got decapitated instead of Michael. <laughs> oh God, it's Doug Johnson again. <laughs> we accidentally oh, killed him. This this just popped into my head. I like how the sheriff comes back for no reason other than to deliver the line. Where he's like, "That's how we're gonna yeah. do it." So like, who said that? It was like a disembodied voice. Like, that's not how this is, works. And he's like, he just gets yeah. out of the car. He couldn't have possibly even heard that line because he was in the car. And he's like, "Well, that's how it works now." And you're like, what? What one angry citizen is like? What is going on? This is injustice. <laughs> He needs to stand trial. <laughs> do you think if Michael went to court, they would do that thing? Or they make him put on glasses, even though he doesn't need glasses. So he seems like a dork. <laughs> they do that all the time. <laughs> I, I would love to see the the 12 Angry Men spin out of this of like that one person that one old of like I don't think he did anything it's one by one he just convinces everybody that he's innocent but wait Lori was there when Michael was there so maybe it was Lori it's hearsay. He's he's in court wearing the mask. Still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're already coming up with better ideas than this movie had in the, a lot of ways. The Fifth Amendment has never been used more by any individual than by Michael. <laughs> yeah. He's on the stance. <laughs> I mean, he te- if he doesn't speak, can he plead the Fifth, technically? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know I guess if you have to say it. I guess it's to ask, because I feel like he can... I love that you're concerned about being ableist for Michael Myers. He's just got the lawyer asking him questions and he's not answering. It's like, Your Honor, permission to treat the witnesses hostile. (laughs) Sam Loomis runs out and he's like, What's your doing? It would be be like Atticus Finch defending Michael. (laughs) Michael is Boo Radley. 
He's just misunderstood. <laughs> you don't understand him. He's an outcast to you guys. If they had kept the zombie continuity, then maybe it would make sense. Because, yeah. you know, everybody was just a bad person to him. And that's why he's evil, right? Yeah, that's like, true. Next, next time we reboot the franchise, can we have it in the Rob Zombie continuity? <laughs> just pick a random continuity. I think Zombie was supposed to make a third one, and then something happened. So I'm I'm glad yeah, the that the second w- one happened. Yeah, yeah, I think they saw the second one. And they're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> Rob, Rob, we're all set. Yeah, but uh, here's the monsters. Have fun. Oh God. Well, that's that's Halloween ends. Any let's let's say this. Where where does this fall in your rankings? This is very low bottom tier. <laughs> I'd say it's about, uh, where did I put it? Ninth. Just above Resurrection. But that also had Halloween, both of Rob Zombie's Halloweens and Curse of Michael Myers below it. So, wow. not the worst, but I, I, I at least was entertained by what I watched, but not for the intended reasons. Much like old from last year. I have it as 11 out of 13. Um, because I find it... Like, I don't think this is the worst. I find it so unsuccessful as a Halloween movie that it just, just doesn't work. Mine is also right above Resurrection. And you'll be happy to know it is right below 3. So I do like <laughs> Season of the I'd Witch more than this. I'd rather watch 3 than this. <laughs> yeah. All right, any final thoughts on Halloween Ends? I'm glad Halloween has ended. <laughs> I again, it takes some swings and in a different context or a different continuity or a different franchise or a different movie, they 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 might have worked. You know, and, I got to give them props for avoiding like like you said Mike like the hand coming up and then like it cutting yeah. to the credits of like Halloween ends and then like a question mark appears cuz you know, I'm shocked they didn't do that. <laughs> Uh, yes, I'm very happy with that. Well, thank you, listener, for sticking with us. If you like the show, it really help us out. Rate, review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Most of all, tell movie friends, right? Sometimes you don't have somebody to talk about movies with, and we, we are the place for that. You can write to us at silverscreensaverspod at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at screensaverspod, and our Facebook is silverscreensaverspodcast. Matt, where can you be found online? You can find me over at MattyXSturds, S-T-U-R-D-Z. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Tyler. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Tyler Sutkus and on Letterboxd at Tyler96. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Michael underscore Gallat, G-A-L-A-T, and on Letterboxd at MGallat. Well, thank you so much for listening. This has been so much fun. We'll see you guys next time. Stay down to bone. Halloween ends tonight. Silver Screen Savers podcast is hosted and produced by Michael Gallett, Tyler Sutkus, and Matt Sturdivant, with additional editing by Matt Sturdivant, intro music by Charles Michelle via Pixabay, logo designed by Nathan Seidel.